You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all the news, notes, and updates from the University of Utah Athletics. Thank you for joining us today. We have a great show for you, just like we always do. Wanted to talk a little bit about the last true weekend of Utah Athletics in competition before the fall calendar season starts as the uh, Poppy Tank Locked on Utes legend Poppy Tank and the rest of the Utah women's track and field team close out their final event, final competition at the NCAA Outdoor Championships. We're also going to recap a very busy weekend up on the hill for the University of Utah football program in terms of recruiting and talk a little bit about the NLI, what it means, how the University of Utah is going to approach this, and what just kind of debauchery could possibly go down with this rule. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked on Utes podcast. This is your episode for Monday, January 15th, 2021. Welcome into your Monday episode of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Brian Brown. Thank you for joining me every single day, except for when we're in the off season and we're only doing three episodes a week here on the podcast. Just want to thank you, my Utah friends and family, for tuning in, for listening, for everything like that. Wanted to kick off the show with a segment about Poppy Tank. Tank is the track and field... Uh, Sometimes we throw around the term hero a lot and maybe too much, but I think in a lot of respects, that's what Poppy Tank is. She uh, finished her competition this weekend at the NCAA Championships. I'm not sure that she was ever one that was considered to make it there in the first place. Uh, and just, just an incredible performance from her overall throughout the year. She finished 22nd in the NCAA 5000 final, uh, completing the toughest... Uh, NCAA double that you can ask for in the 10,000, 5,000 meter competitions. She ran them both. Uh, that's impressive. And I don't know that those of us who, like myself, who have never run a 5,000 and a 10,000 uh, meter race really understand uh, how grueling that is, how hard it is. Uh, but just to kind of put it into perspective, she beat the previous best time in the 5K for any other University of Utah athlete or female athlete, I should say, at the NCAA championships by over 43 seconds. So that's a lot. She put over 43 seconds faster uh, than any time that had previously been recorded at the University of Utah at the NCAA finals, uh, the NCAA championships. Uh, as you can tell, I'm very excited about this because I, I, I am not a – huge track and field fan in general but poppy was somebody that as i have tried to bring as much information as possible to the forefront cover as many different uh athletes and ath athletic endeavors that the university of utah puts out in the field of competition uh 
that caught my eye. She's been a competitor all throughout the season. A uh, pair of All-America honors in, in cross-country and the 10K. All-America honorable mention in the 5K. First team all-pack 12 honors for cross-country. She broke her own 10K school record at the NCAA Championships two days prior to uh, running in the 5K and ran the second fastest time in the 5K at Utah ever uh, in, in the history of the track and field team. Uh, she was just the second runner in school history to compete in multiple events at the NCAA Outdoor F- Track and Field Championships. And though 22nd doesn't sound like an amazing finish to the layman, it's an incredible effort on her part and just a really spectacular way to close out a career. Uh, finished ninth place in the 10K. I forgot to mention that. So when you think about running 15,000 meters in back-to-back races, to be able to finish ninth and 22nd is really a uh, an incredible achievement uh coach kyle kepler had this to say about her poppy ran another very smart and tough race i know she wanted to place higher but i can't envision asking more of an athlete than she gave tonight in the ncaa final 15 athletes including poppy ran lifetime best that's the kind of race it was we are all incredibly proud of her and that goes double for us here on the locked on youths podcast as this is not a sport where i think utah should even be in competition in the Pac-12, let alone sending athletes to the NCAA championship, the outdoor championships, and having them finish top 10. These are sports and events that are dominated by the Texases, the USC's, the LSU's of the world. These programs that have had track athletes and have Olympic-level coaches coaching them at every turn. This is not a situation where an athlete from the University of Utah should come in and post that kind of time, that kind of effort. So a huge, huge kudos to Poppy Tank. Uh, She'll leave... A very incredible legacy as she departs the University of Utah as a senior. You know, with the COVID rules, there's the potential that she could return. But having completed her schooling, I'm sure that she is uh, likely anxious to move on to the next phase of, of her life and her career. Uh, senior from Plymouth, England, uh, from via Plymouth College. Uh, just a really fun athlete to watch compete and get to know about this year. So if this ever gets back to Poppy, know that you have a huge fan in myself and those of us who uh, who who work here on the Locked On Nudes podcast. Kudos to you. Thank you for your representation of the University of Utah. Thank you for competing the way that you did, for the fire, the passion, and the desire. I, I can't even run a 1,000 meters like 400 is is really the stretch for me, and, and if we're being honest, it's more of a light jog. I like to call it the lineman shuffle. And so I'm always impressed, uh, very impressed, and, and in, in, in admiration of those who can run those incredible distances. Just being able to compete in something like that, something that I'm so incapable of doing, is, is an impressive accomplishment. But for her to go on this journey to continue to grind and, and develop and become an incredible constant source of success for the University of Utah to continue to place for this journey, this adventure that she went on through uh, the Pac-12 championships, the regionals, and then finally at the NCAA championships. It's just a great piece of history for the University of Utah, for the track and field team, and for her as well. Uh, Congratulations to her. Good luck on whatever the future is. Uh, I suspect that that's not the last that we'll hear of Poppy Tank. And if there was some place that I could go to bet on the fact that it's not the last we have heard 
of Poppy Tank, that place would be betonline.ag because it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, bottom ching, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. You can get the latest news, odds, and infos for whatever sport it is that you're following. MLB, NBA, NHL getting into the final countdown in terms of the chase for the Stanley Cup, and all UFC, golf, MMA action, whatever it is. Before the next pitch, before the next fight, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep and make their runs through the playoffs. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code locked on that's all one word locked on betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts all right coming back with another segment here as the countdown gets closer and closer for utah football the interesting part about post-covid post-pandemic recruiting is that we're kind of in the in the middle of the hot part of the season is we have finally seen visits open up to campuses and colleges it is still a quiet period meaning that coaches are not allowed to make in-home visits to players i believe they are not allowed to visit uh, high school campuses and check on players there as well but players can make the trip out to schools they can either choose to make an official visit meaning that the school will pay their way to go there or they can choose to make it an unofficial visit where the player pays their way to get out there. A lot of times these players will come as part of a travel team or a seven-on-seven team, and the university will try and organize to get as many in there visiting as possible. So it's been a very busy two weeks for the University of Utah up on the hill. Wanted to recap a little bit about what's been going down and what's happening. If you follow the podcast at all, we know that J.P. Zamora... uh, Dropped his commitment to the University of Utah. I tried to explain that that's not always on the player. Sometimes it comes uh, in light of the university trying to tell a player that they are trying to either recruit over top of them or that they will be pursuing other players. And so they allow those players to make that choice. Uh, The decommitment has always seemed to be something on our end of it in, in the public where it's the player trying to move on. And a lot of times it can be the school. And so that's one of those things where unless you're actually in the situation, you can't always make the assumption that it's on the player. That being said, the University of Utah has two targets in mind at the quarterback position. The first one, Nate Johnson out of Clovis, California, visited the University of Utah from June 3rd to June 5th. So it's been about a week since he was there. Uh, but the the initial buzz and feedback was that it was a positive visit. And what happens on these visits is the staff will take the players and 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 show them around the campus, talk to them about what matters most to them as they progress into their next stage of, of football, whether it's academics, whether it's how they fit into the offense, uh, anything like that. Sometimes coaches will, will sit down and watch film with them and have them ask questions. Anything that they can do to build a relationship with them, they usually try to put together an activity or two. And as you can tell, if you follow on social media at all, a lot of these players will go through a photo shoot. Uh, so that's kind of the initial part of a visit. Of course, they feed them well. They eat well. A lot of times the players will stay at a very high-class hotel. Uh, I've seen pictures of welcome baskets uh, from the Grand American. So you can understand that if you're a high school kid coming from somewhere, that that can be a really impressive thing to them. Uh, and so that's 
the basics of, of what happens on these trips and whatnot with Nate Johnson in particular. Uh, it appears to be that it's a, a, a race to the finish between Utah and Michigan as he just wrapped up an official visit to Michigan uh, the week after going to the University of Utah. He is a talented athlete. He's more of a uh, uh, dual-threat quarterback, 10-400 meter, so that's a full tenth of a second faster than current Utah quarterback Peter Costelli, who ran a 10-5 there in California. It will be interesting to see when he decides to make that decision between Utah and Michigan. But in the meantime, the University of Utah also had an official visit from Murrieta Valley quarterback Brandon Rose. And that visit went incredibly well. Rose is not the same kind of athlete that Nate Johnson is, but he is a tremendously polished pocket passer. And when you watch his tape, the throwing motion, the stature, the way he moves in the pocket, it reminds me a lot of Brian Johnson. Now, that's not saying that he's going to end up being the second or third best quarterback in, in University of Utah recent history uh, behind Alex Smith and Tyler Huntley. But what it's saying is, is that he's got that 6'2 stature. He's got a good over-the-top delivery. He throws an accurate ball. He's got some power behind it. Uh, he really delivers as he's going forward and, and, and plants his, his front foot. And so I like those kinds of mechanics. Uh, I like the way that he delivers the football. I like where he puts it. It's on location. I really like his throwing motion. He's got some decent athleticism. He can get outside the pocket on the on the rollout. If he's forced to scramble, he can scramble. I wouldn't say at all that he's a dual threat kind of a guy uh, by nature. And, and, and so maybe the other comparison you could make is the current Utah quarterback, Charlie Brewer. And, and that is exactly what the University of Utah is trying to isolate with their quarterbacks. They want guys that are repetitively accurate, guys with uh, strong decision-making skills. And those are all the things that, as you watch Brandon Rose's tape, that it stands out that he does a very good job with that. He is quick to release the football. Now, some of that is just is high school football. It, it, there's not a, you know, a, a next-level effort in terms of disguising coverage and things of that nature, but there still are pre, pre-snap reads, and you can see that he does a good job of checking things out. He looks for his read. He's very decisive. Uh, there's one play, as I'm re-watching his film right now, uh, where he immediately sees that the first initial read is, is gone. There's a, a big drop in coverage, and so he just takes off and gets a 20-yard gain. And so I think that's the kind of thing that when you look at his tape, when you look at him and evaluate him as a quarterback, that's what really appeals to the University of Utah and him. Uh, again, right now, Utah's biggest competition is Northwestern, but that's that's good company to be in that the two quarterbacks that you are chasing after the year following getting a four-star recruit in Peter Costelli are fighting off Michigan and Northwestern for those guys. So. Another recruit coming on the visit, Javante Barnes. He's one of the top running backs in the entire country. He has serious interest from programs like Alabama, Oklahoma, USC, amongst a lot of others. So he's gotten out there to take a lot of visits and and get things going. He came to Utah unofficially midway through the week, and I think it changed some perspective. We're seeing the Kyle McDonald effect more and more as he's gotten the reputation out there he is a dogged recruiter and in a lot of respects he's a younger guy so he relates to the kids they like the jordan collection he can game it up with them on xbox and game pass all those kinds of things that we've talked about that 
that recruits feel a lot more comfortable with coaches and, and they can relate to them. It's a different world now than perhaps when I played or or maybe some of our other listeners who grew up on the latter side of, of my age. And to be honest, I'm getting up to the point now where I'm really the old man in the room in a lot of occasions. But it wasn't where you were best friends with your coach, and that's changed a lot. These athletes are looking for mentors, and they're looking for people that they feel can be very invested in them uh, emotionally and personally. And I think Kyle McDonald has continued to show that he is that kind of a coach, and it's showing up in the recruiting factor. Barnes is wide open. Uh, he's he's one of the, like I said, most highly touted guys in the country. And so it's going to be a dogfight. But the fact that he came through on an unofficial in the middle of the week and came away with such a positive perspective on Utah and Kyle McDonald, that has to reinforce that even if you don't get Barnes, this this cycle that Kyle McDonald is having that impact that you want him to have. Barnes likely won't to make a decision immediately, but I think what this does more than anything is that he came through on an unofficial and maybe that opens the door for one of his five official visits to be with the University of Utah. Uh, we'll have to find out. I think the player that I get asked about the most is in-state linebacker prospect Lander Barton. He's one of the most highly sought-after prospects in this class. If you follow me, uh, you'll see that I retweet every now and then some of his workouts with uh, Pro Trench, one of the uh, one of the personal workout guys here in the community. Anton does a great job with those kids. Shout out to him. But Lander is an absolute freak. He is without a doubt the highest-rated prospect for this year's class, and and well earned. Um, he spent some time at the elite camp that Utah holds where they invite kids to come and work out and they can get their, uh, official measurements. It's an unofficial visit for him to Utah, although he's been up there plenty, but what this does is it gives the coaches a chance to interact with the kids to get accurate times. Crew McChesney, who is a wide receiver prospect out of, uh, Lone Peak. And if the name McChesney sounds familiar, yes, that is his uh, brother, Jackson, and the other brother that are both played at BYU. Um, he'll be a 2023 recruit. He ran a four sub, I believe sub four, five, 40. So I think it was a four, four hand timed. Uh, so it's an opportunity for coaches to get a good up close look at those kids, find out a little bit more about them, interact with them on a more relaxed atmosphere. Uh, so he's another guy that was on a visit there as part of the elite camp. Um but I think what it what it does is it gives these kids a taste for what it's like to be coached by a Morgan Scally or a Colton Swan or a Sharif Shaw. Uh, and I think that that sometimes, especially when you're a kid like Lander and you've been up there with your brothers, you've been up there with your parents, it gives you an opportunity to really find out what's in store for you when you go to the University of Utah. And I find that to be very positive. I think anything you can do with a kid like him to maintain and and, and entrench yourself in the relationship with him is going to help because he's a Barton. He is a legacy kid. He knows full well what the family history of the University of Utah is. And that can sometimes force a kid to want to make their own path. And I think that the more that they can really relate to him and, and kind of entrench themselves in that relationship that, hey, we're about Lander. We're not about Cody. We're not about Jackson. We're definitely not about Danny. And we're not about your parents. We're about you and making you the best player. And this is how we can help you. That's a really great opportunity. And that's a, one of those things that is the other programs that are coming going to come sniffing around, the LSUs, the USC's, the Alabamas, that will inevitably come around. 
it will help to solidify the University of Utah uh, in that battle. Also on the defensive side of the football, a couple names to keep an eye on. Colin Wright and Ahmad Moses, both uh, from the state of Texas, which is basically Morgan Scally's second home. Colin Wright, from what I understand, was very impressed by his visit. Uh, Same with Ahmad Moses. Uh, Jeffrey Ugo, another safety from Texas that we'll be visiting later this week. So as you can see, with that position becoming a position of need now in this cycle, there are plenty of prospects in the pipe. Is Utah going to get all these guys? Probably not. But what's important is that you're building these relationships early with the right guys so that if you can get at least one of those three, you're going to get the prospect that you really do want. Another position that Utah is in desperate need of this cycle is the wide receiver position. Uh, One of the prospects that I'm actually most excited about is Zion Steptoe. And if you – there's a clip on, I believe it's Steve Bartle's Twitter page, and I'm sorry for those of you who listen who don't have Twitter. It's just you either got to subscribe at udzone.com or else follow one of us on Twitter. I would recommend Steve more than myself uh, just because Steve is is so uh, well-invested and well-vested in what's going on with the recruiting stuff. Uh, but there's a great video of him up there as he's going out to his shoot and he's having fun and they've got the songs going. He's got Return of the Mac playing. Uh, six foot, 170 pound receiver from Frisco, Texas. He's a 2022 kid. Um, so he is one for this cycle. Um, and that was kind of, a, I, I believe that was a fun opportunity. I think there was a, a really strong relationship built with he and Coach Bumpfist on this trip. I also feel like the injection of a little bit more youth with Bump on that side of the football is really, really going to benefit with a lot of these recruits. We may not see it pay off immediately, but what it's going to do is he's going to go back home and he's going to talk to all his buddies about it. And there's going to be a kid in 2023 or 2024 that hears him talk about it. And he raves about Coach Bump at Utah. And he raves about his visit to Utah. And so even if they don't manage to land Zion Steptoe specifically, it's going to pay dividends moving forward. He's been to Purdue. He's heading to Vanderbilt. So Utah sandwich in between the two of those should be good. But that's a name to keep an eye on as things move forward. Our Darius Harshaw is another uh, prospect to watch. He's going to be coming in uh, before the end of the month. Also, at the elite camp were Cody Hagan and Harrison Taggart. If you're on the boards of the youth zone, you've seen the discussion about the Corner Canyon duo. Uh, Hagan, a wide receiver. Taggart's a linebacking prospect. In my opinion, if you're ranking the linebacker linebacker prospects in state, it is Lander Barton 1, it is uh, Carson Tabarachi 2, and Harrison Taggart 3. Cody Hagan, I think, without a doubt, the top wide receiver prospect, ran an absolutely insane uh, 100-meter not too long ago down at BYU. Uh, it was a track competition, not a BYU thing, uh, but he is his stock is skyrocketing. Both are, and they're getting offers from all sorts of Pac-12 programs. Um, but I think that it's going to be a dogfight now because it's not just Utah and BYU on this one. It's now the Stanfords and the USC's. And those are the programs where Utah always has a battle on their hands. Uh, I think that the appeal of playing in the Pac-12 when you're comparing Utah to BYU is almost always the trump card for a lot of these kids. Although, you know, for any kid that comes in state that maybe has religious ties to the school, that's that's always a factor in play here. Uh, but with these these ones, I think it's that Stanford education that is so appealing to a lot of these kids. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens with those. 
those two targets. But also Utah's going to have to make some t- tough decisions because, like I said, there are three linebacking prospects in state in this class that I think Utah likes, that I like, and you're going to have to decide because you can't take all three. So at this point in time, I think you got to go all in on everybody that you can, and, and especially the in-state kids. And even if you feel like or if you think that there are prospects in state that are better, you have to show them all that that's what that you're in it for them, that you're fighting to the finish and all that kind of stuff. So that's a little bit of a breakdown of what's been a really, really busy uh, opening recruiting period, quiet period for the University of Utah. There's a lot of names out there. Uh, if I've learned anything going through recruiting, it's that half of these names will, will will not reappear down the road as kids start to narrow things down. But also Utah will get in the game with a lot more players. And you'll hear other names that Utah has tried to keep quiet as well. And this is the part of the pitch where I always you know, encourage people to Go sign up for a free trial at UteZone.com because recruiting is the off-season version of football. And it's fun and it's it's a heartbreaker and there are ups and downs and zigs and zags and it's wild and, and you're going to fall in love with kids and they're going to break your heart. And it's I absolutely love it. Even if I didn't cover it, uh, I would still follow along. I love following the in-state players especially because what else are you going to do on a Friday night? It's a great opportunity to get out with the family and watch a game of football, uh, be outside, enjoy the beautiful scenic view because there's not a bad view in the state in any of the local high school stadiums. And on top of that, it's a cheap activity. You can let your kids go running around the end zone, and they can come down and crash into me all they want. The other things that you can do is you can go to BuiltBar.com and get yourself some Built Bar because after you've been running around in the end zone crashing into me, we're both going to need some protein to re-energize ourselves. And that's the biggest reason why I push the Built Bar so hard. No, that's a lie. The biggest reason I push Built Bar so hard is because they taste delicious. But I also know that every time I need a Built Bar, I'm not eating something like an M&M or a Kit Kat or a Mars Bar. But I'm still getting the satisfaction of something that tastes very delicious. While having 17 grams of protein, only having 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams net carbs. Uh, Some flavors, it varies where you can get all all the way up to 18 grams of protein, but they're all under 200 calories, all under 5 grams of sugar, all under 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors come in the trial in the uh, variety pack. That's what I suggest. If you've never had them before, get one of those. And while you're there, get 15% off on your order by using the promo code LOCK15. And get those built bars in the door. Try them out. Decide which one your favorite is. I've said it before: mint brownie, uh, cherry barcia, all my favorites. Coconut almond. If you like coconut, if you like almond joys, and I know that there are people out there who do, that's the one to definitely try because it has that same consistency and, and flavor, just like in almond joy. Again, go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code Locked15. To get 15% off your first order, that's Lock15 at BuiltBar.com. Wrapping up the show today, I want to thank you all for hanging out with me, uh, for riding along as, as we journey towards the start of the football season. I promise that we'll continue to have plenty of University of Utah content, and especially football news notes and updates as we go through this summer. Uh, wanted to dip the toe a little bit into what's going on with this name and image likeness uh, situation. And if you've been following it at all, you've seen that at this point in time, there are state and national, uh, 
legislative representatives that are trying to get involved in this in addition to the NCAA. And that can only mean one thing. This is going to be an absolute bleep show. And I say that because we haven't really looked into all the avenues that kids might take into this name and image likeness uh, situation. We haven't discussed things like what if a kid wants to be sponsored by an adult website? What if a player wants to have a sponsorship or a relationship with a, a marijuana dispensary? We haven't talked about the gambling aspect and how that works with amateur athletes. None of this has been ruled on. None of this has been declared. And as more and more companies that initially started to get into the business of helping institutions with these name and image likeness deals are starting to back their way out of it, we're creating a huge issue here. And I think the bigger problem is not so much the issue of, oh, no, these kids are getting paid. It's that or that the haves are suddenly going to get more. Alabama is a 60% rate of putting five stars in the NFL. Like it's not going to suddenly go to 65 or 70 and then everybody's going to lose every game because that's what Alabama has been doing all along. For the bigs, it doesn't really change that much. What I think really starts to happen and what's really going to be interesting to watch is this continuation of the exodus of talent from certain regions into the others and and look it, it's everywhere is going into the sec because that's where all the money is and there's you're telling me if you leave the sec who already does the dirtiest amount of cheating because it's so traditional down there that it's just second nature and you take the doors and the rules off of this thing and let them go buck wild that things are going to be just fine I mean, we had an issue a while back with uh, Todd Gurley and, and some autographs when he was at Georgia. And you don't think that's going to multiply itself by 100? And who gets left out in the cold in all this while you're trying to introduce a brand new commissioner? Why, that would be the Pac-12. And so if you follow along, if it's something that's interesting to you, I would be more than happy to... to uh, to continue to update as, as the proceedings are going along, I think Nicole Auerbach, who writes for The Athletic, is likely the best source of information at this point in time. But it's something that I've continually tried to stress that this was a rule that needed to happen, but it didn't need to happen in the way that they've made it happen. And there is so much that's about to go off here that we haven't even anticipated or discussed. And if you think the NCAA has any kind of capabilities of keeping the reins on this thing, it's a disaster. They couldn't even handle all the transfer waiver requests from last season to the point to where Bam Oliseni didn't even get to fire, excuse me, 2019, uh, to the point to where Bam Oliseni had to wait almost half the season to find out what his eligibility was going to be. So if you think that they have any kind of edge coming out of a pandemic on starting the name and image likeness rules, Boy, do I have a deal for you, and it's going to come with a whole lot more than a promo code saying LOCKED15. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Please follow us on your favorite podcasting platform that includes Apple Podcasts, even though I don't like them right now because they won't approve any of my other podcasts. But give us a five-star rating if you do go to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. If it is a five-star rating, I will read your review on the air and give you kudos even if you tell me i'm ugly and i smell bad because i took a shower today and i really don't smell bad otherwise thank you always for listening for tuning in here for supporting us love the interaction you can get at us at locked on Utes on twitter 
at BrownBearSLC, at Jacob C. Hatch, or you can always email the show at LockedOnUtes at gmail.com. That's it for me. We'll be back again later this week. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for Monday, June 14th, 2021.